it's all in the past I'm dwelling on the thoughts I cannot say to you If I don't say the words then maybe Good evening, welcome along to NUFC Matters with me, Steve Wraith. It is the three amigos and I'm delighted to say I'm joined by George, by Steve and by Mitch tonight. And uh, we have an announcement to make um, due to work uh, overloads and uh, needing to spend a bit more time with his family. Keith Patterson has uh, left the building. Not the first time he's done it and the door is open for a return, but at this moment in time, he is now the uh, the MD of another few companies uh, after uh, recovering from his ill health last year. And uh, everybody on the platform wishes uh, Keith well. I'm sure he will still be popping into the chat from time to time. Uh, but uh, thanks for everything you've done, Keith. Great to have you on the show uh, pre-takeover and after the takeover when I know you were slightly reluctant to come back. But you came back. Uh, you've been a great addition to the Amigos. But uh, time to move on for you and time to move on for us now. So best wishes, mate. And uh, as I say, the door is always open for a return when you can do it and when work can permit. As well always. Well said, Steve. Um, I'd just like to add that fans will never know what the old Keith Patterson. Thank you, George. Thank you, George. And uh, yeah, always something to talk about on this show. Uh, I've already seen Chantel's comment in the chat to say, please don't talk about tickets or downloading season tickets. I'm afraid <laughs> all week we've said that's what we will be talking about tonight because we've got a two-hour show. However, I am going to start with something left field, uh, something which I saw on Twitter. Um, Funny at eight put this out. FD Copenhagen have banned fans from bringing signs into the parking stadium asking players for their shirts. Now, this seems to be a fairly recent thing um, in football, a modern-day modern disease, you could call it. Um, I didn't do it as a youngster. I'm sure George didn't. I'm sure Mitch and yeah. Steve didn't. It is a bit harsh, Steve, um, asking... People not to bring bits of cardboard, begging for shirts. Um, I mean, at the end of the day, it's not grown adults. Usually, it's not anyway. It is kids who do it. And I, is this a bit like, you know, somebody kicking a ball in the garden and saying, well, I'm keeping your ball and sticking it in the shed? <laughs> Which has happened a few times to all of us, I'm sure, at some point in our lives. Uh, no, I, I don't think it is, Steve. I think, I think it... Uh... To be perfectly honest, I, I I found it quite cringeworthy that dads would stand there with a bit of card with us with the kids. Um, I understand why they were doing it, but it, it for me, um, it it just it just smacked of desperation at times. I think you know they, I think kids, and I, I find you know reluctant to say this because my girls are grown up now, but uh, kids these days seem to, to to think that it's it's. Um, it's almost a right to to get things off people at times, you know. Uh, and it, I just I just feel as though you know kids need to grow up a little bit quicker. I think parents have a little bit of responsibility um, to, to to make kids realise that you know everything's not going to come their way just because uh, they hold up a bit of cardboard. I listened to a comedian on the on the radio earlier said that um, she was uh, she would miss it. Uh, sorry, he was on the on TV Sky this morning. She said she would miss it because. Excuse me. What she enjoyed about it was when a player threw the threw the shirt into the crowd, and uh, it was just about to land on an eight year old's head, and a fifty year old would jump up and snatch it out of his hand. And uh, she said she was going to miss those days. And you know what? I think there's quite a few people have have witnessed that in the past. We've seen it at St James as we also saw somebody uh, almost get into a into a bit of a fight when they they took it off the adult and gave it back to the kid. It's just it's just. Uh, 
maybe it's maybe it's just a societal thing. Maybe it's just the way things are at the moment. But uh, it it's it's something that you know in this day and age, um, I think we need to move away from it. it somebody also pointed out it's a bit like half and half scarves. Yeah, they love it or you hate it. And uh, I'm a hater of half and half scarves. I'm a hater of of all that sort of. Um, Modern day, we're all pally, uh, you know, during a game and we should all stand there and say, you know, jolly ho, sorry about that, chaps. It, it, this is, it's tribal, it's rivalry. Um, and uh, when it comes to, to the kit, just let the players get off the pitch. Let them applaud everyone. There's nothing so special about you because you get handed a shirt uh, and don't expect it. It's not an entitlement and kids will just go home very unhappy. And then we get filled up on social media with parents saying, isn't it terrible? My little Johnny took a sign in and he never even got the shirt. What a horrible bloke Callum Wilson is or Kieran Trippier or whomever. And the next thing you know, what do we have? We have we have the players then being guilt tripped and having to have fans and parents trudge up to training grounds and they go, really sorry about that. You know, it it it, it just for me, it's just over the top, completely over the top. Doesn't need to be doesn't need to happen. Okay, George, what's your thoughts on this? It's a, it's a, you know, some people in the chat seem to think it's a great idea, and um, that I love Dan's idea. He says, "Well done, Copenhagen. They should uh, save them, give them to kids that need a boost, charities, or on school visits, etc." Uh, that's all right, but if you are in a sport, and bear in mind, you know, seventy odd years of support in Newcastle when I started, you couldn't get shirts or go enough the money at the go to the shop and buy one if you even wanted to get near one. And even then, uh, some some shops where we look looking to sell single shirts, certainly Stan Seymour was, uh, because it spoiled the set. Uh, you know, they, he, he wanted 11 for a team. Go in and buy a team and he, he gear that, but it would cost you top dollar, man. Um, but uh, he, getting separate shirts wasn't wasn't the thing. You know, you, you were lucky to get a separate shirt. I got my first separate shirt um, off, off a... Um, a friend who whose wife was a laundry woman at uh, <laughs> it's a James's Park and oh, the <laughs> shirt and the, yeah and the shirt got damaged in the ironing process and uh, she uh, cut the sleeves off and said to her, said to her boss well that's no good I can take it home well it, it came home and it came to George Mitchell uh, so but when I was just a just a, just a kid but that's the only way otherwise you you bought yeah you bought the own. Um, the sports changed though. It, it's um, in those days I wouldn't say it was a celebrity sport like it is now. Now we have the, the cult of the celebrity, the, the the not the one million pound player, but the the two hundred million pound player uh, now is the norm, uh, and and that celebrity brings lots of other things with it. And uh, um, one of the things it brings is the the, the that's kids who support them or or want to be with them. Uh, um, Want a want a piece of them? They want to own a part of that celebrity, and that's that's what it's about. I've got I've got no problems with the kids doing it themselves, or the players doing it for kids that are actually in the ground, which some of ours do. I've noticed uh, Miggy and and uh, Dan Byrne and one or two others pick people out and and give them that. that that's fine. I've got no uh, trouble with that. But if the kids are carrying the thing, but when it starts to get to the adults, as Steve rightly says. It then gets to be a bit of a um, uh, a scramble, a, a, a pulling match, and you can see 
see that you know the adults looking at each other with daggers just because their kid didn't get it and the other one did. Uh, so that that bit needs to, needs to go. But in terms of the of the kids getting them, I, I'm afraid it's with me because I think it's part of. Uh, uh, what I would say is that it's a celeb- celebrity cult that we've got in the game now because of the way the way players are um, almost adored and 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 uh, anything to, uh, that you can get that, that they've touched, that they've used, or anything like that um, is. I mean, look, I, I remember once one game I was at with Steve, and I think it was Lascelles took his. It was one of the championship games. Lascelles took his captain's armband off. Down, down below us in the, in, the, in yeah. our stand, and it was an almighty scramble just for a bloody armband, not the strip. So, um, yeah, if they're going to do it, 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 I don't mind them giving them to specific kids or the kids ask and get refused. That, that's that's line, but keep the adults out of it because it then becomes a becomes a um, a fighting match, and, and that that does nobody any good. As as the regards banning people, well. If that's what Copen, they maybe they've had some trouble. Uh, I've only seen one or two um, homemade banners with kids in, in St James's Park, um, but it became a, it became a big thing. I can see why they would want to ban it. Um, but as I say, I, I I can see why it's there, why it's a modern thing, um, and uh, I mean, God, getting a shirt. I mean, all I wanted to do was touch Jackie Milburn's shirt. And I, <laughs> I just wanted to be able to touch it and say I'd touched it. Um, so yeah, the, 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 there's there's a big difference now, and that's and for me, it's it's this thing about celebrity and where do you get celebrities in any show business thing, which football's rapidly becoming. People want a piece of it. Uh, somebody so. asked um, my girlfriend's dad was Jackie Bell. Can George remember him? I used to. I played a few games with Jackie Bell. Yes, Jackie Bell was a fantastic midfielder. Had went through his whole career uh, as a as a diabetic, having to take uh, insulin. And a, a lovely lad, super lad, Jackie Bell. Um, Jackie Bell had a part good start to his career at Newcastle. And something went wrong. Whether whether it was with him or with the management, I don't know. And then the next thing, he was transferred to Norwich, Norwich City. He had a great career. Great footballer, and I, I, you know, I, I was amazed when when he was allowed to leave. He was part of the the, the youth cup winning team. Uh, him and Ken Hills were, were two that I did actually play with regularly because I used to go into the the A and B teams at which they used to play. In. And uh, um, yeah, so I, I remember as he got, I remember Jackie very well. Lovely lad, great footballer. Great stuff. Uh, Smiths out for Australia um, for cricket Green. fans out there. 71, he goes for um, Australia, still uh, lagging behind. And this has been a great day for England, uh, for, for you cricket buffs. Mitch, banning people with their cardboard signs, begging for shirts. Good idea, bad idea? I'd love to know what's driven Copenhagen to do it. I'd heard about it. I've not had a chance to really look into it this week, but I was aware of it. Um, there's a number of different things here. If you're talking about just exuberance of children, kids who just think everything's going to be amazing and wonderful, just to look through the eyes of a child that the world sometimes is probably a refreshing way to do it. And if I hold my sign up, there's going to be a, a shirt appear from one of my favourite players. Um, I wish life was always that easy. It isn't. Um, but I don't mind kids aspiring to that. But there's other aspects to this that are a little bit more insidious. Uh, there seems to be, particularly with the advent of social media, um, a certain element of people who 
you can see where it's almost uh, adults living their lives vicariously through their children. Yeah. And, and for clicks and likes on social media and dressing up as many other things. Um, but that's not particularly good. And it does seem to be there's a lot of adults involved in making these signs. Um, the next level is there's, there's read stories where um, people who are behind uh, memorabilia selling are putting the kids up to go and bring the signs in um, for them to get hold of the memorabilia and then sell on on various websites. Um, and if you want a very tangible and real example of what that's like, look at what happens at some of the baseball games in the States when the fly balls and the home runs go into the, gr into the crowd. You'd sometimes see adults absolutely flattening kids to get to the ball. Um, is that because they're the die-hard Kansas City Royal fans? Nah. It's probably because they've got a, got a business whereby they're going to sell that ball on. Um, and, and, and that's not nice. It, it leads to unnecessary incidents in the crowd that really are, are not pleasant and kids shouldn't be involved with. Um, so you do wonder, you know, how, how much of that influences is... is, is is push Copenhagen to do what they've got to do. Yeah. But There's an official they... statement, Mitch. Uh, the number yeah, of right. signs has increased significantly over recent seasons, and unfortunately, we have many children who get a bad experience from carrying a sign. At the same yeah. time, the players are put in a difficult situation yeah. because they cannot fulfil the wish and are perceived negatively because they have uh, to say no right. to the many requests. And, and that's right on the players. If, if players are being inundated with requests... There's only so much they can do. There's, they've only got two shirts a game, usually. You know? Um, <laughs> I can see that one. Mark, man. <laughs> um, and, and so, it's, so that's an interesting aspect that their players have obviously gone in to the, to the owners and the, and the manager and said, hey, I can't attack this. I don't want to see this, not on my... Not on my watch. There's only me, and I'm trying very hard to do my best for everybody. But I cannot give everybody a shirt, you know. And and, and, I, and I think it's there's probably a number of different angles on this that Copenhagen just somebody in this pretty savvy. And they've picked up on it and gone right. The best way to sort this out is that sign out. Because I'm not convinced all the signs are just the exuberance of kids being hopeful. No. Probably the small smallest amount these days are. There's definitely, in a, like I say, elements within that I've seen even within our fan base where parents are most certainly vicariously living their life through their kids and, and, and pushing the kids to the front of the, 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 the whole thing. And I don't think that's healthy. Um, that's just my personal opinion. Uh, and, and then also, if there is a, a level of um, people wanting memorabilia to then trade and using kids, whether that's here, here's a here's a five, I take this sign in the ground and let's hope we get a shirt out of it that we're gonna make it good out of. Um or what have you. Um that's <laughs> that, that's wrong as well. There's there's a number of things there that obviously aren't working. And if you then add, have the have the players gone into Copenhagen uh, management and then that's filtered through to the rest of the club that we don't like the pressure we are feeling here at the minute um, <laughs> then then stay at Copenhagen they're protecting everybody 
Yeah, well done to them. Uh, Eamon says, fair play to George. He's an encyclopedia of football knowledge as well as being a true gentleman. How are the lads? Uh, you know what, right? right? Huh? You're very kind. You usually get a pastiche of what I grew up with. It's like you mentioned a player. Oh, yeah, it's such and such. He was diabetic and he did this. And then, then in 1964, and it was like, how do you know all this? And I forgot what I had for breakfast yesterday. And he's unreal. Unreal, man. This week I've been... You're, um, too, I've been, too, kind. I've, You're too kind. I've been off this week, so me and George have made some major inroads to those with the days because, as I predicted, uh, the 1980s is is hitting the, the right niche with people. People uh, who watched the show, the demographic of the platform are all from 70s, 80s and beyond. And the 80s has proven to be a popular series. So George and I have rattled off as many as we can this week. It's been fantastic. And I thought I'd be contributing to these shows. I've got to be honest, I can't, I just sit and listen. Um, <laughs> the only time I chip in is if I've got something to correct, which is very well, rare, I have to say, but absolutely superb. Great, great well, stuff. And honestly, you'll enjoy them. The next one's 10 o'clock tomorrow morning. Uh, but honestly, uh, you will love these. Um, really, really will. And, and you're, you're lucky to have George as your dad, Mitch. You really are. Oh, don't, man. I am here, you know. <laughs> Top man. Top man. Uh, okay. Um, I'm going to try and swerve the tickets for now. Um, I can see Mitch is chomping at the bit to get into this. Uh, let's talk football. Mick Gilchrist in. He says, what's the panel's thoughts on pre-season matches so far? Formations? Changes? Young'uns getting a chance? All very interesting to me. Mitch, will give you the first shot of this one. Um, yeah. And, and he's, he's doing what he did last season. He's, he's playing them hard and he's training them hard. But he's not then um, overworking in preseason in the actual matches. He, he could have loaded the bench the other night with more players, and he chose not to. And what he is doing is he's chucking some of the kids into the mix and see who swims. Uh, and that's what he did with Young Anderson. He chucked them into the mix and said, "Can you swim? Do you look like you should be part of this squad?" And I think yes, that's why he didn't go out and loan again last season. Because he looked like he was part of the squad. This is where Miley's got a chance here. Are we going to send Miley out on one or are we going to keep him around because we've got so many more games and so many more competitions potentially? Um, he's probably already made a case for not going out on loan and staying sticking around. Because when you take young talent like that and put them in with better players, sometimes they blossom. And the place to find that out is in pre-season now not the first six weeks of the season. It, it's now. Can you swim? I'm sorry, like young Lewis Miley made an £120 million midfielder look bloody ordinary the other night for me. You couldn't tell the difference between, you know, the kid still finding his way in the game and somebody who's had a hell of a lot of money lashed on him. And I don't think he's the, the what he is that everybody's made him out to be. Certainly not on that performance. Um, I think he's. I think he's rope a dope with Aston Villa because we're playing them so early. Uh, he's not going to show his hand against them. That was a poker game. That one. Let's play a back three and chuck everything left, right, and centre because he also knows Emery's a student of the game like he is, and so he's not going to give him any clues about how we're going to set up on on opening day against them. Not a chance. And, and I think that was smart. That was clever. It, it's using... He's using the squad in a very intelligent way 
and he's using this time when he's got everybody together. And I know I've, I've seen somebody expressing concerns about oh, the doing open training and it's this and it's that. And how can it be as intense? I'm telling you right now, I'm quite sure it's in, it went away from the camera. It's in it more intense than you realise. And I think um, a lot of the players look like they've taken their instructions about what they needed to do while they were away over the summer and taken them in the right spirit and done what they've been told. Very impressed with some of the players who've come back. There's nobody who's really come back looking... Uh, but certainly nobody's come back looking like they've piled a few pounds on and they've enjoyed the summer way too much. In fact, everybody's come back hungry by the looks of it to me. Um, and uh, we go forward together as we always do. I think it's been, certainly from the, the playing side of things, this trip has been, um, I think, very useful. I think the only thing how would like is to have liked a couple more of the potential signings in already to have them in with this group now. Um, but you know what? I wish it was always that easy and it's not championship manager, is it? No, definitely not. Definitely not. Miley as well, I think, was mentioned this week in the press conference that um, he's going to keep him. He's not going to loan him out. Um, he's going to be part of the squad. Mate, it, it makes perfect sense because he looks at home as part of the squad. Just like Anderson did. And, and, and so if they look like they're going to sh- that the, the part of the squad, keep them because they develop better playing around some of these players. And the challenge to them is, this is your teammate. Can you say to me you're better than him? And I'll, I will drop you in the side because he's proved he'll do that. It's already seen. We've got this, this history now that if you're good enough and you've earned your place, he will play you. And I think that's fantastic. Okay. Uh, George, what's your thoughts on the pre-season so far? Another game uh, tonight. Well, uh, Eddie Howe's just given a press conference. I haven't got updated on that. Great. Anybody, I mean, uh, anybody like, sees like it, says he's, he's doing what, what uh, I'm delighted to see him do. He's he's not showing his hand for the for the big games. He's And he's experimenting and he's, he's uh, having a go at other things like the back three at the back and all that sort of thing. And he's... He's uh, given the, the given the youngins ahead. I mean, the the, the preseason so far. If you start with uh, the game the game at Gateshead, um, Elliot Anderson's the star for me. I mean, my goodness, it's the lad who, who was just old enough to get in the squad last year. He now looks um, a fixed member of the squad, and and at Gateshead he start to run things, and you can see it in some of the other games he's been in. And then along comes this this lad Miley, who, who's a nice tall kid. Um, and he's just as good. And in fact, uh, the one area where I think Miley's probably a little bit better, his touch is fantastic for a, for a kid his age. No doubt about that. So so we're seeing all of that. And Eddie's seeing all of that. Uh, and uh, it's kind of a a, um, a warning to the, to the others, to, to, to Hugo Emery. He played his, his full team against us the other night and got nowhere. Well, they were, they were good for 20 minutes, and after that, we, we, we could have took the game, no doubt about that, for me anyway. Uh, and and the other night as well against Chelsea, um, when they needed to, to put their foot down, the, the, the seemed as though they could put their foot down and uh, and, and have a real go and, and get back into the game and fight. and uh, You know, Everything I'd want out of a out of a preseason for t- trying things out. It's no good trying them out in the first three or four games of the league because <laughs> they'll come a cropper. Uh, and and you know he's doing that now. Um, it's it's uh, it's been a fascinating watch. 
uh, and how they've got it all together with the fans and all the rest of it has been very impressive. And I agree with Neil that the open training sessions are are a, are a PR exercise, I think, more than anything. Um, they'll do their re-training when the cameras are switched off and the fans are away home to Vell, I think, uh, is, is what will happen. Um, I can't help but smile when... Um, uh, one of the things we did this morning with 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 the, the, the those were the days, Steve. We had eight friendlies before we even kicked the ball in in the in the first division that year. I mean, <laughs> I mean that was that was bonkers. We had eight friendlies Different. before the before the season started. Yeah. Then we had at least two in the in the middle of the season. One between three, one, uh, three, yeah. and then we had three at the end. Three at the end, yeah, and and uh, and forty eight games on top of that. Absolutely and, and bonkers. So, you know what we're what we're seeing now is is up to date, modern, uh, and I think scientific. I've got to say, I think I think they're applying sports science to it now as well. So the, it, the short answer is, yeah, I think preseason's been great so far. The other yeah. the other positive is Harvey Barnes look like he's fit as a butcher's dog. <laughs> While he's been waiting for this transfer, he hasn't been sitting on his backside doing now because he can see the way he moves. Yeah, and as Neil says, it doesn't look like he's been eating too many pies either. No, definitely, definitely not. Um, Kev did say, Blue Rhythm Boy, that uh, uh, training was uh, only certain parts of training were open to fans. Yeah, hundred percent. So George is right in what he says. Yeah, Steve, preseason. I mean, it's it's been there've been some late nights. I've seen a few people walking around with their matchsticks in their eyes um, after staying up and and watching these games. Uh, tonight, obviously, um, that where well, the next game is slightly earlier again, uh, like the first game was. So it's a it's a you'll be up till two o'clock if you decide to stay and watch it. I've enjoyed them, Steve. I've enjoyed them, and I, I, I you know, the bottom line is. You know, you can lose all your friendlies as long as you win your first game. Um, but for me, I, I've enjoyed watching what he's, you know, what he look, what he's looking for, what he's looking at, and and, and just trying these different players. And I, I see in the chat, this is this happened again last night. A lot of people saying we shouldn't be bigging up Lewis Miley too much. It'll it'll affect him. You know, like a bit like back in the old days when people called um, Bogey the new Gaza. But this is like this is different. This is different. You know, Phil Ford at Manchester United with Pep's a prime example. You know, keep them around the big players. Keep them around the first team. Give them the opportunity. Anderson already looks a better player. You know, he yeah. looks he looks bigger. He looks stronger. He looks more competent in these friendlies. And for me, it's 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 exciting to see that you know potentially we might have two youngsters in and around the first team this year. Yeah, absolutely. I, I couldn't agree more, Steve. Uh, I'm just glad I'm listening to you and not taking heed of uh, all the experts on social media who were convinced us all that the only way for Miley and uh, and Anderson to get anywhere was to be loaned out for the next season or even the next two. Um, just shows you, doesn't it? I mean, football, we've always said it's a game of opinions, but some opinions are uh, completely wide of the mark, aren't they? Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, let, let's, let's take Anderson first. I mean, Anderson has obviously been around the team for for a season, he got better as the season went on. Uh, last year, he got opportunities, even though some of them were limited. I don't think Eddie really knew a position for him. He tended to bring him on and play him wide, and that was about it. But what the lad's done is the lad's obviously gone on not only a growth spurt, but a, a fantastic fitness regime because, uh, I mean, like you say, he's bulked up, but he's bulked up with muscle. He looks stronger. Probably because somebody's told him, and you know, let's face it, that's the that's the job of the fitness and conditioning team to say if you want to get anywhere in the Premier League, you've got to you've got to be fit, you've got to be strong. You just look at 
at Jacob Murphy for that. I mean, there's a player that's ribbed now compared to a skinny little runt, if you'll pardon my expression, uh, that he looked when he first signed for the club, you know, and it just shows you the benefit of being fit and strong and doing the right sort of condition and eating the right way and looking after yourself the right way can, can pay dividends. And I'm sure that uh, Anderson has learned from that. I think I think Miley's a slightly different type of player. I think he's, he's more slight um, in terms of build. Yes, he's only 17. And we've seen there that, that uh, Eddie said that he didn't think it was the right time for him to go on loan. Absolutely. He's spot on. It's not the right time. The guy, the lad comes from a, from a family of of other with other footballers, other lads that are on the books at the club, sounds like they're a very grounded and rounded family. Um, mom and dad sitting there looking after his every his every step. He can only benefit from being with his family during the season, you know, and turning up at, at, at the training ground and being around good players, and then going home to a good family environment. That's rather than as you've heard in the past, you you look back at. Keith Gillespie, for example, who said, you know, when he went to Man United, he was putting digs and locked in the room. All he all he could think of doing was either going out clubbing or, more importantly, because all they could do was then suddenly go into the betting shop in the afternoon and the evening and this type of thing. And that's what happens, you know, it's, yeah. and it's a slippery slope. And I think Miley will only benefit from being with his family, and that's a big plus for the club. And I think Eddie Howe plays a lot of uh, a lot of substance on that. And it's great to know that we've got people in the club that are thinking about that for the players, not just thinking, oh, well, he's not going to get anywhere. I'm going to going to hire him out. It's interesting you talk about the friendly games. I mean, George, in those days as well, when we had seven or eight friendlies before a, a, a season, we also had a reserve team and players played yeah. in the reserves. Yeah. In, while the first team was playing, the reserves were away when the first team well, was at home. And then we played the. You could go and watch the reserves in the afternoon on a Saturday when the home team were, were uh, the the first team were playing away. You know well, that the, the northern the, combination or whatever it was called. You know northern combination. Northern, well, the teams were first division, central league, northern alliance, northern combination, uh, northern intermediate league, and Newcastle junior league. That's yep. that's all the teams that were getting players. But I was going to say. Um, uh, the first games that used to happen uh, back in my, my era, when I, before I started to play at St James's myself, was um, first team versus reserves, Pro yeah. possibles versus probables. And he used to get the first team forwards against the first team defence and vice versa. Uh, until the, uh, they used to play two or three games until they sorted what the first 11 was, it was about. Yeah. And I, I think I've got some pictures somewhere of the, the first team in the black and whites and the second team in the whites. Uh, playing each other. <laughs> yeah, I think so, the other key to these friendlies that we're having, if we want to call them that, this little mini tournament in America, is that we're part of the Premier League. We're part of the Premier League tour of, of North America. It's part of the promotion of the Premier League as well as Newcastle United, Aston Villa, Chelsea, and Brighton. It's part of getting the message out there and um, building building the fan base, but also building the TV. Uh, in terms of an audience and audience, fans yeah. who perhaps normally wouldn't have bothered watching Newcastle games are going along, they're seeing it and they're thinking, oh, this is an interesting team. We're interacting with the fan base. This looks like an interesting way to go. And, and you're dead right, Steve. We, we didn't show, Eddie didn't show his hand to uh, to Unai Emery, but Emery showed his hand to him, didn't he? <laughs> My God, yeah. you know, I mean, they went off like a, like a, like a rocket, didn't they? 2-0 up after 10 minutes. But after that, um, boy, did a team fade, you know, and, um, 
I think what's also interesting, I had this conversation with John um, earlier uh, when I was down at the soccer school and we're saying what was it, what was interesting is he played a totally different team in the second half. Instead of ruining a game with, you know, constant substitutions through the game, he basically changed changed the team in the second half. And we got, and we gave players a good run out. It gave us an opportunity and it, it's given Eddie Howe an opportunity and the, and the rest of the coaching team to basically put into practice some of the ideas that they've they've cemented over the over the summer. Um, we talked about it a few shows ago where we said, you know, we expect that when it comes to Champions League, we might have to play a different style of football. We're going to have to be patient as fans because we might not go in for the 4-3-3 um, with an attacking phase when we're playing away in, in Prague or, or Budapest or, you know, up in Norway or wherever it happens, it happens to be for some of these Champions League games where points are more important than anything. But at the same time, you've got to keep a clean sheet because it can have an impact on the, on on where you finish. You, you know, the the goal difference can make make a difference between qualifying into the conference if you finish third and not qualifying at all. As Celtic have shown um, on numerous occasions over the last few seasons, and Rangers as well. You know, it's all well and good getting into the Champions League. The main thing is is after that is that you you, you start to do something that can sustain that. Um, in the in the years to come, and also, wouldn't it be great if we got into the next, the next phase of the Champions League? And once you're into that, who knows where it can lead to? You know, so you know, we're a professional football club. We're starting to do things professionally. Um, I'm not going out on loan. Either Anderson or Miley. Um, it means Shola's got a bit more free time, hasn't he? <laughs> Mother, she says she's off to see a band tonight. Does that mean I missed the great ticket debate? Well, I'm trying to avoid it at the moment. I'm sure we'll come to it at some point. Uh, we've got we've got we've got tweet of the week first. So many tweets and uh, and so uh, little time, uh, but I'll try and get through as many as possible. Uh, Barbie launched this week. Here's Ken. <laughs> I see these becoming uh, a regular feature now. Um, and who did this? Wow, amazing! Yeah, <laughs> uh, the Wrath of Khan there, uh, reenacted Barbie style. Um, the premiere of Barbie was in Liverpool. <laughs> is, uh... And as you all know, I do like a Star Wars uh, tweet. And here it is uh, our Star Wars tweet this week. Only a Star Wars fan will see it. Very good. good. Very good. The Millennium Falcon there. Star Trek as well. When you die, never challenge death to a pillar fight. You'll have to deal with the repercussions. Oh, dear. (laughs) Liverpool as well. Uh, Following recent results, you're cordially invited to the weather dinner dance. Uh, Starter is self-pity soup. Uh, Main course, humble pie with sauerkraut, uh, a bit of German dish. Uh, Dessert, hard cheese and sour grapes. And... uh, Wine, well, it's uh, shell wine. It's a hard to swallow vinaigrette. Uh, guess <laughs> that's fine. Oh, that's it. Well done. Roberto De Zerbi and Thomas Frank. <laughs> Brilliant stuff. Thanks for sending us that. Um, uh, after Tottenham owner Joe Lewis was indicted in the US for insider trading, fans celebrate the first cl- uh, the club's first major silverware in 15 years. <laughs> Very clever. <laughs> and plan underway, so Stephen Kennedy, to save Spurs this season. <laughs> There's the guys from Toy Story on their way. Sunderland have uh, jumped on the bandwagon after Newcastle announced their new fan zone. Sunderland announced theirs. Is <laughs> <laughs> there a sequel uh, in Sadie Twan? 
Probably. <laughs> and Kylie seems to be enjoying herself, but not half as much as the bear. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus wept. Yeah, time, for a bit, time for a bit singing, everybody. Uh, whoa, we're halfway there. there. Whoa, lemon on a pear. Lemon on a pear. Oh, God. Uh, when plumbers have kids. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. And you wouldn't want to find this in your uh, KFC, would you? Oh, oh my God. Dear me. Now, this one probably has a lot of us uh, nodding in agreement. Yes. Um, <laughs> the biggest lie known to man. Uh, uh, anybody, oh, had yeah. any ex- anybody had any experiences with them? Oh, uh, yes. definitely. Yep. Yeah, me, Nothing me that a sharp too. knife won't fix. <laughs> Nothing a sharp knife won't fix. Uh, I went to a party last night. Blame me what a hangover I've got. Certainly. <laughs> <laughs> and do not eat the large white mints. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Oh, dear me. And uh, following on in the Blackpool uh, postcards uh, routine, uh, Bob, you've got to see this guy could be a twin. (laughs) Trust me, Miss Blake, no one will ever notice you're wearing a hearing aid. (laughs) Right, yep. And uh, if you've got a dog at home, you'll uh, be able to uh, look at this. Good one, that Andy. Absolutely. And despite Eric's best efforts, no one guessed Bangkok. Oh, dear. (laughs) Uh, That was not a mating call, a bit of toilet humor here. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, dear. Followed up by this one. What the hell, dude? I've been drinking out of that thing. (laughs) (sighs) Ah, This is the life I'm never troubling economy again. <laughs> uh, well, well, it seems your weight is just perfect. You just happen to be 11 feet too short. Yeah, I don't know how he feels. <laughs> and I can't believe I fell for that scam. Well, face it, Kevin, you're a band aid. You were about to get you were bound oh, to get ripped off. God. <laughs> More toilet humor. Uh, aim like a Jedi, not like a stormtrooper. That's brilliant, isn't it? Uh-huh. Design that. And told the bus driver what a way to make a living. He didn't get it. Walking 925. <laughs> uh, cat's eyes removed. Somebody put RSPCA informed. <laughs> and Stephen Kennedy says, is this offer better than the NUFC membership deal? Please discuss. Uh, almost certainly. <laughs> <laughs> and this one, uh, one for Twitter of the week. Uh, what scares you the most? Uh, the unstoppable m- marching of time that is slowly guiding uh, us all uh, towards an inevitable death, replied Hunchfield. <laughs> but uh, his homework. Uh, this is gel on a fingertip. If you saw something else you messed up in the head, need, uh, we need to hang out. Oh, doctor. Oh, doctor. <laughs> and when you forgot to knock before you opened the fridge. We plan to cut all homeless people in half by 2025, say the Conservatives. Oh, David Lass says it seems a bit extreme. does, doesn't it? Crazy. And this one, you need a squint, lads. When you see it, you'll realise you've got a dirty mind. Just look through the... Uh-huh. the <laughs> and people in 1997, when a robotic voice on the radio said around the world 130 times. 
Last turf you. Be wary when your wife spends a lot on gardening gear and it mainly shovels and rakes. My wife took up gardening. I wonder what she's going to plant. Thanks, Vince. <laughs> <laughs> and whilst watching a close run horse race, the commentator announced that there will be a photo for second place. What a thoughtful gift. A nice way to make up for the disappointment of not winning. <laughs> a couple of political ones. Terrible standard of spelling in our media. <laughs> oh, and sorry to say it, but Toon is giving us nothing at number 10. Uh, hashtag lionesses. Neither is soon after Byron's skill. <laughs> Very good. Tweet of the week from Michael. Simply wank. Salon and spa. <laughs> and another one from Andy. I paid up front for a carpenter to make me a double bed and the bugger's only gone and done a bunk. <laughs> it's just one thing. Oh, on top dear. Of <laughs> oh, dear. You know when you take that perfect photo... Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Cheers, Ian. And caution, bollards will rise. Uh, well, we're worried about uh, AI. The bollards are planning a global revolution, says Ian. <laughs> uh, doctor says, I have to cut out drinking. That's good, that one. Excellent. Uh, and we'll have often seen these in games. Hi, uh, United, starting 11. A trialist, B trialist, C trialist, D trialist, E trialist, F trialist, G trialist, H trialist, Jordan Lazenby, and trialist I. Uh, John trialist <laughs> commented, I'm a proud father. Proud father. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> Excellent. Um, Greg, 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 Ian, 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 Ian. That's a Gregorian chant. Oh, dear me. Dear, yeah. uh, my wife and I are taking up carpentry as a hobby. A neighbour said, I didn't know you were carpenters. I said, we've only, only just, just begun. begun. <laughs> oh, dear. Uh, I'd like to buy him up on my chocolate chips. Sorry, we only take cash. <laughs> and why do you go to bed in a full suit of armour? It's the best way to get a good night's sleep. Oh, dear <laughs> Last few... Uh, this one, to the Barbara and Morley who did this to my unaccompanied 13-year-old, may I suggest you do not give stupid haircuts to minors without an adult present. This is ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> Health and safety, well, it wasn't in the window in the 1960s. That's true. That's it. Uh... And I'd like to know the backstory, said Ian. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> New on earth is buried in there. Uh, number two is Zara, who supplies us with many a uh, tweet. Breaking tornado in Milan, Italy. Still need Mackums, though. <laughs> <laughs> and the winner this week, how not to wear a Disney sweater. <laughs> <laughs> Bearded meatball, absolutely brilliant, mate. Uh, so many I did manage to squeeze in. I'll try and squeeze them in next week. We'll get inundated week after week after week. But uh, thank you very much for them. That is Tweet of the Week. <laughs> Greg the Hutch says, just want to give uh, uh, thanks to Steve Hasty for suggesting everyone get ready for the upcoming Amazon doc by watching We Are the Geordies. I never got around to watching it, but I thoroughly enjoyed it. So there oh, we go. Good. Well done. Well done. All right. Um, I'm going to have to discuss this because it's uh, it, it's in the public domain. It's Steve Bruce's interview, not tickets. Uh, John <laughs> says, uh, did you guys listen to the Steve Bruce interview? Steve, um, 
it was another interesting interview, another podcast. Mark Byers says, uh, thoughts on Steve Bruce's latest comments that he recommended Eddie Howe to the Newcastle board, as well as Stephen Gerrard. Blokes in cloud cuckoo land. Um, yeah, I mean, this this is a, an interview, essentially, which is doing the rounds in a, an adapted version, Steve. What, what's your take on it? He's He's been very sincere. He says he's... Um, the reason the reason he did it is because of his, you know, because he you know, he wanted to save the club, and he was the only negative at the club, and he felt it was the best if he left, and he recommended oh, anyhow and Stephen Gerrard. That's a bit he got right, isn't it? <laughs> we, you know, there's not there's nothing else to say really. That's a bit that he got right. I mean, it's it's interesting that he he recommended um, Eddie Howe when some of us uh, in this little quartet knew that. Eddie Howe had already been up at Newcastle quite a few times. Um, we know that the Castle had spoken to Eddie Howe. We know that Eddie Howe had spoken to Newcastle. Um, we know that Eddie Howe was here when when Celtic came down to, to, to interview him as well because Celtic were interested in him. You know, we heard, we heard an awful lot during that season um, and that was before the takeover had actually happened or before it had been announced, but before... Uh, also before and around at the time that some of us knew that it was going to happen because we, we got wind of it in the July, if you remember rightly, courtesy of someone who's no longer on the show. Um, but he'll be back, you know, because he'll be like Arnold Schwarzenegger. He'll be back. Don't worry about that. Talking about Keith, not Steve Bruce, so don't panic. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, 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 this has become, you know, the, the, they've interviewed him. I'm not really bothered. It's not. I'm not going to lose any sleep over what Steve Bruce has said, that's his opinion. I don't know really what was going through Steve Bruce's mind at the time. I don't know whether, uh, you know, a lot of it could be, you know, he could be sincere in what he's saying. I, I bumped into Steve Bruce and Jasmine Dean walking the dog um, round about that particular time. Um, and and he was, you know, he was charming. He was polite. He came to the food banks before one of the games, one of the, one of the, the preseason friendly. We're talking about friendlies again. He came down and, uh, was interesting because at the time he was he'd been going through an awful rough time and uh, fans and kids and parents flocked round to get their photographs taken and that I actually saw a weight lifted off his shoulders within ten minutes of him standing there. So I think I think Steve Bruce was always caught up in a bit of a dichotomy, um, you know, it, it, in in terms of of his relationship or lack of relationship with the supporters, um, because until then he, I don't think he had interacted with anyone. He started interacting, ironically, when he knew that his days were numbered, when he knew the club was being sold, and um, when he knew that he was recommending various people for what was ostensibly his job. And you know, he walked away with a pretty packet as well. He got his he got his his terms uh, bought out. You know, his contract bought out. Um, he did all right by it. I just hope that he's he's happy. I hope that he's you know he's he's enjoying his retirement and playing golf in Portugal or wherever he is. I'm, I'm sure he's far more relaxed than he was when he was at Newcastle because, let's face it, he seemed to have the world and the weight of it on his shoulders uh, at times. And it's not our, I suppose it's not his fault that in terms of being a manager for Newcastle United, he wasn't successful. Yeah, George, he's, um, you know, he's entitled to go out and do interviews and he's entitled to a life. And like, I, I've got to agree with Steve's sentiments. I wish him all the best, you know, and I, I just wish he would, you know, knock the narrative on the head, you know, that, you know, when, when, especially when it's in the public domain that we know, you know, we know that the owners had Emery in the, you know, in their sights and, and, and then Eddie Howe, you know, I've, I've shared the story, you know, Eddie Howe put his CV in, you know, you know, he put his CV on the first day. I mean, it was only, 
It was only months after he decided not to go to Celtic because of you know the fact that they wouldn't take his coaching staff with him. So, you know, they, you know, Celtic didn't agree to the coaching staff going. So, you know, how put his own CV in? He didn't need a recommendation from Steve Bruce, George. No, neither anybody else. And oh, it's, it's a hard one for me as a fellow human being. I feel sorry for Steve Bruce. I've got to be honest because he's he's delusional. I mean, my first instinct was to send in the, the name and address of a good psychiatrist because uh, the, the bloke needs help. I'm sorry. It, it, oh, the, so much of that is just out of the ether. It, it's, not, it's not real. And that, that can't be healthy for, for the poor lad. Um, and then I think back to a, a personal story about Steve Bruce. Um, well, I'll, I'll tell you now. I've started because I whet your appetite. Walls End Boys Club invited quite a lot of people who were uh, ex Walls End town players to a to a function into a charity match, and we're all standing around, and we're all all standing having a uh, well, some were having a cup of coffee, and others were having a, a glass of beer, and in this assembled company, the circle that I was standing in, we're all sent halves at school market for Walls End. And it was Steve Howie, Steve Bruce. Um, lad called Chamberlain who went to Sheffield Wednesday and somebody else, and I was on the end. And uh, they were all standing, and somebody across the room shouted, there's the best number five to come out of Wall's End. And everybody looked round, and they were all looking at Steve Bruce. And Brian Watson talked to Peter Beardsley about a van called Brian Watson, because Brian Watson saved Peter Beardsley's career. Brian Watson said, no, you silly buggers, him. And he was pointing at me. And Bruce was, Bruce was next to us. Sorry to blow me on trumpet, but <laughs> what, what, the, what the lads, what that lad is saying bothers me more than more than anything because it's so delusional. It, it, it's no good just saying he's he's telling fibs because it's just not real. And, and and yeah, the notion that he recommended Eddie Howe. I mean, everybody in the anti knows that that didn't that couldn't possibly have happened. Uh, and and I don't believe our owners would say. Uh, we're sucking you, Stu, uh, Steve. What do you think about Eddie Howe? Nah, it doesn't work like that. I'm afraid. So, I, in in many ways, I feel I feel a bit sorry for 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 Steve Bruce because uh, whether the pressure of what happened to him at Newcastle's got on top of him or not, I don't know. The other thing is, he, what he doesn't get hold of is that, despite being told by far more eminent uh, professional people than I am to do with football. That uh, to change training methods and make sure that they were training because uh, it was sneaking out of the training ground. Uh, I mean, the left back we had on loan from Spurs. What did they call him? Um, Rose. Rose. Danny, uh, Danny Rose. Rose. Danny Rose. Danny Rose was telling the world on on social media that they were only training three days a week. And I used to get into some horrendous rows with people on Facebook and that when I was to repeat that and they say, oh, he's a liar and you're a liar and all that sort of thing." Well, it turns out he wasn't. I mean, they were so unfit when hell came. It was it was untrue, and yet he ignored all of that and progressed on. No, I, I yeah, I just wish he would stop and uh, and get himself some help. Would be my advice. Mitch, it's um, it, it just seems to be a regular thing, doesn't it? We, we just parked him. We forgot about him. But he, he did his media interviews afterwards, which is fair enough. But he, he just come back and done another one, hasn't he? That's all it is. I was going to watch it now, just to say that I've had enough of his revisionist history. Yeah. Because that's what he does. He, he delivers a revisionist history 
based on how he would like to be perceived. Um, if you want a aspect to compare it to, watch Jamie Rubin's podcast that he did a couple of weeks ago. I think that tells a very, very different story without ever pointing fingers. Um, what we know about Eddie Howe and his ins and outs from Newcastle prior to the takeover, if anybody recommended him to the board when they were looking for a new manager, it would have been Lee Charney. It sticks in my craw to say that, but if anybody did that, it certainly wasn't Bruce. It might have been Lee Charney, though, because my understanding was he'd been in twice, and they were very impressed. But the second time, not only did he stop off at Newcastle, he was then chauffeured up to go up to speak with Glasgow Celtic. And um, that didn't happen. I'm quite bloody glad it didn't. Um, but, you know, it, 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 Bruce has this desire to alter how things worked for him at every club he's been to. Including the Mac, some of my ready weight mates, you know, the, some of the things they say about me, it, it's almost word for word what we had. It's bizarre. It's bizarre. And whenever he goes away from somewhere, he has this desire to revise the history to his own little slant. So he comes out looking like some sort of good guy in the, in, in the middle of it all. Um, so, yeah, probably, I probably wouldn't watch it, to be fair. Because uh, I just kind of be doing with his um, desperation to make himself a victim. Yeah. Um, look, wish him all the best. Good luck to him. Um, he's, I think he's had a bit of uh, tutoring on the old uh, interview front as well, like because he was definitely speaking in a different way, a very composed way. Um, and I think a lot of people in the chat agree. You know, we all know that he was on a decent pay uh, pay deal if he was sacked. The contract that Bruce gave him wasn't. I think this is the reason he gets a lot of jobs. They employ him because he's cheap to employ, but the back end, when he gets sacked, is where he gets his money. Clever, sensible way to do business if, if, you, if, if you know you're going and, to get sacked. And that breed of English manager that everybody waxes lyrically over and they should get so many more chances. We've also fallen foul in another one that does exactly the same in Sam Allardyce. Yeah, look, yeah he's back, in, he... back in the paper tonight. Is he really? He was at Newcastle. Um, he just took, it was the right job at the wrong time. Oh, bollocks. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Dear God. If you're talking to the, the lads from Leeds here, they, they regret getting him on board because when they look at what he took out of that club and what they've had to do to make their FFP work since they got relegated, they've got about um, £100 million worth of players out on loan now because they can't sell them. They can't, they've got to get some of their wages off the book, and they're still paying half the wages on some of them. But they've got just got to get rid to try and make the books balance. And yet he walked away with something like five million pounds for relegating them. You know, yeah. it, unreal, unreal. No doubt about it. Halfway through the short time of the ads. A big thanks to all our sponsors, Skips and Bins. You can find them at skipsandbins.com or telephone 0800 2545 Email inquiries at skipsandbins.com. Website, skipsandbins.com. Easy contract free and pay-as-you-go waste collection. Big thanks to Mr. Vicky's Sources Handmade in Cumbria. You can order them from their website, mrvickys.co.uk or by telephoning 01768 210 
A big thanks also to New Workwear. Uh, you can find them at newworkwear.com. They're an agile and dedicated workwear provider. Welcome back as well to United Travel. Uh, they are a UK coaches firm and they are based in uh, the Northeast. They've got 2024 tours and you can contact them on 01670 632 460 or mobile 0791 664174. Email info at and they've got a website which is there's no strangers on there to us, just people you haven't met yet. Big thanks to them for their sponsorship. Big thanks as well to Media Arts, and they supply all the video technology. If you want to become a member and get a cup, a pen, a membership card, and a scarf, then get your smartphone and put it over this QR code. It will take you straight to the membership pack. It's a £25 one-off fee. You can also go to NUFC Matters website and search membership pack to book today. If you want to help the channel, then subscribe to it by hitting the subscribe button. Hit the thumb up under the video to like the video and click share to share to your other social media. We're also available as a podcast on iTunes, Spotify and other podcast providers. Don't forget we help the food bank on this channel. If you want to do so virtually, Go to nufcfansfoodbank.co.uk and make a donation today. The Alan Sheila raffle is back on. 150 tickets, £1 a ticket. Win a limited edition signed Alan Sheila ball. End of the day at nufcmatters.com. Blue Rhythm Boy asks a question here. He just says, um, Steve... Mitch and George, what memorabilia do you have? We know George has his rattle. Okay, Steve, <laughs> any memorabilia? Um, football memorabilia or just memorabilia in general? Football memorabilia, yeah. Well, I'll tell you what, my, my prized possession is something I got off um, Bobby Cowell's grandson. And that was um, uh, a ball from the 1983-84 season. And it is the official Minerva match ball from the Cardiff City game at home, signed by both teams. That's my prized possession. And I'm not a collector of Newcastle United memorabilia, I've got to be honest, but that is me, that is me prized possession, I guess, as far as football is concerned. Great. I've got a, I've got a shirt signed by um, the majority of the still surviving Fairs Cup squad, um, plus Malcolm McDonald, slap bang in the middle of it. For good measure, um, it came courtesy of uh, of a gentleman that we all know, uh, Malcolm Dix, who got it signed at one of the fairs club events for me. Um, that's the sort of thing Malcolm would do. Um, you know, he would he would always, he was always willing to to help out. I, I just gave him the shirt and said, "Did you get a couple of signatures on it?" And uh, he filled it up. You know, I think every single player that was at that event um, from the fairs club squad. Um, as I say, that we're still alive, uh, signed it, which uh, I suppose that that in itself is a little bit of Newcastle history, not just memorabilia, to have something like that. Um, I've got I've got a Hatton, Hatton Ben Offer shirt. Um, I've got the shirt behind me, which is signed by Keegan and Terry Mack and Chrissy Waddle. 
Peter Beardsley. Um, they did two. I gave one to Food Bank, and I, I kept one for myself. Um, gave it to the Food Bank so that they could raffle. I've had various bits of memorabilia passed through my fingers by fans who have, have asked me to pass it on for, for auction, which we've done um, over the years. Um, but I think the first cup one, and in terms of not football, um, two books that I got autographed in 1980 by one of my all-time heroes, uh, Bruce Springsteen. Classic, brilliant, George. Uh, people know you've got the rat. Uh, you've got the rattle. Well, I've got it. I've got it. Yeah, down by me side. What else? Have you, <laughs> all, anything else? It's always here. Uh, yes, I've got, well. As well as the rattle that my dad took to the, the cup finals, I've got his rosette and things like that, which are very personal, which my mother made, actually. She made a stack of rosettes for the lads going to, the, going to Wembley. Um, and so I've got, I've got that. Um, and a personal note, I've, uh, well, it's, it's not mine, it belongs to Neil. There's a football in our loft, which is signed by the, the, the team which played, and it's got Gaza, Waddle, Beardsley, Etc. All on that ball, um, which which is hard one to find. Um, so it, it, I was doing a um, when I was chairman of the Walls End Sports Council, I was doing a, a fair thing and, and we had a raffle. And that was one of the balls that somebody gave with a raffle to raise some money for the sports council. And uh, um, they give with quite a few. And when the thing was over, there was there was a couple left. So I, I brought one home for my son. So and that's in the loft now. Um, apart from that, no, I don't have a lot of memorabilia. I used to have millions of programmes, of course, as Neil well knows, uh, but um, with shifting from one house to another, you, you, you lose bits and bobs. I'm sure if I dug in the loft, I could find other things. But they're, they're the three things that uh, that come to mind off, off the top of my head. Um, and the other memories I have is, is, is about the being involved with the club and the trips we've had away. I mean, I, can I say something? I had had a laugh at one of the straps. I seen Tommy Lynch say about energy drinks um, on 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 the on the chat, and uh, I'd never experienced energy drinks. I didn't know what an energy drink was. I didn't know what they tasted like. Well, we went to Everton for the Hatton Ben Arthur winning goal game, and I was driving as usual, and we're standing in Stanley Park waiting for the traffic to, to run down. And the lads were, were sort of getting ready. Uh, chucking up the cool box with beers and all the rest of it. And I happened to yawn when I was leaning against the front of this uh, big vehicle. And it was Neil's friend, uh, Frecky, said to us, have one of these, man. He stuck a, I, I don't know if it was a Red Bull, don't know what it was, but it was a, it was an energy drink. So I downed it and, it, and I said, oh, that's bloody lovely. I have another one. So I had another one. I'll tell you what, that car came home, 100 miles an hour up the one. I was wide awake, wide awake. In fact, the same lad, as we we're getting halfway up the A1, all of a sudden he goes, yes. And he did that because he'd won the lottery. They all had a lottery about how fast I would go in the car. On the way home, they thought I didn't know, and I did know. And Frankie went, yes. Um, I just touched 115 <laughs> miles an hour. My God. Yeah, God. We recognise that my dad had, had rather leaden right foot, ah. <laughs> and, and we had a little five, five I reach on what the and what the maximum speed it would be. Classic, classic, absolutely brilliant. He's got a Saint Keegan shirt as his favourite piece, as well as a piece of smashing, the tarmac smashing. from the road where Tupac was shot in oh, Las Vegas. Sorry, I have got I have got another thing, Steve. 
Two seconds, uh, George Northumberland. Geordie says, I used to have a pair of Johnny Wilkinson Predators. He was two sizes smaller than me, and I wore them to play football. I was in agony with them. <laughs> Go on, George. I've got a square meter of St. James's Park in my back lawn. I forgot all about that. Oh, God, I remember when they did that. Yeah, yeah. I remember when they did that. Yeah. yeah, Mitch, I mean, obviously, you're living abroad these days. Have you got anything mm. out there? Not a lot, no. Uh, to be fair, a lot of the stuff that I did have went all out. Um, when when I moved out to Dubai, I sold a lot of stuff from the garage. And um, when you become expat and you, you do stuff like that, you, you start to realise that some of it's just stuff, it's just things. And I, and I'll tell you honestly, the the, the best memorabilia I have are the stories and the people that made the stories has gone along the way. Be that um, a weird derby, losing 4-1, yet feeling like with one ten out. <laughs> be that, you know, be that Leicester away that same season. Be that the, the Grimsby away the following season that took me up. Be that all the tales that we tell with my dad driving a bloody people carrier full of drunken idiots. And obviously enjoying having a good laugh at work along the way. Be that the lads from lasses from Skunkers. Um, be that the people like Jamie Fender, yes, he is related. Um, you know, uh, Les and Concert, Bruni. Um, people that I've been literally here, there, and everywhere with. And of course, you lot, who I've known for God knows how long. Too long. And, <laughs> and we've, we've done everything from trying to orchestrate people to buy the club, to try and make the club see how they could be better and bigger. And we've clashed with people along the way, people who are still um, would debate all day long with, though, because everybody still wants the same thing. That's my memorabilia. It's in there and it's in there. Um, and that for me is what makes the, our club special is that um, you know I see people saying in the chat who Tom Lynch really good one when we were setting up the trust um, <laughs> you know when people used to talk about Deschamps being the water carrier in a, in a, in a fantastic French side Tom and I don't mean this disrespectfully by God you were a hell of a water carrier here. you were there you did everything. You turned up. You wrote quizzes. You carried speakers. You gave you gave John Gibson lifts and cars and God knows all sorts out. And you were always there, mate. And, yeah. and it's amazing to see you in the chat here. And I can name a thousand other people along the way as well um, who all deserve what we have now. But it also doesn't mean we stop. It also doesn't mean that we still continue to want whoever the custodians in the Castle United are to be better, to be bigger, to be the best. We have an ownership now who've used those words openly. We want to be number one. Well, then you're going to have me yakking in your ear telling you how you're not number one until you are number one. And I mean that as your friend. Not as an enemy. 
And that's because, again, these are the memories we make along the way. And this is what I love about our club and you lot and everybody else. Great stuff. Uh, lovely, Steve, passionate sorry, stuff. Sorry, Steve. Yeah, go on, George. Uh, at the beginning, uh, when Steve mentioned uh, Malcolm Dix, I nearly went into the rant I went with you this morning about Malcolm Dix. Uh, do you want us to say it again or will I leave it? No, I'll leave it for the show. We'll keep that for right, the show, okay. mate. It's already okay. recorded. We'll have to, we'll okay. have to move on anyway. Um, <laughs> I'm just uh, checking the cricket. Uh, it is out. Uh, so Australia, 288 for nine. Um, they lead by five runs. This is going to be an exciting test match. This I hope the rain doesn't spoil this one. Uh, okay, as always, plenty to get through. Here is that music. If you don't like it, turn your music, uh, turn your volume down. <laughs> Uh, Chaz sent us this in. Um, I've lost his actual uh, message as well, but it was at a, an event um, in um, the Northeast. Uh, he met Ando. Uh, so there we go. Thanks for that, mate. He did send this photograph in as well. It was some kind of presentation night. So he, he put the ladies on as well. So thanks for that, mate. Thanks for sending it in. I did lose your um, tweet amongst the tweets, I think, or your Facebook message, whatever. And um, as most of you will be aware, there's been some... Um, some fantastic, uh, some fantastic photographs all over social media. Um, and here's Mark Byers, who's in the chat. Um, and Mark, I've, I've mislaid your, your photo with Jimmy Moore. Um, so I will put that up probably on the fans forum. But this is you with uh, Shola Ramiobi. Great to see so many of our regular viewers who live in America getting the opportunity to, uh, to meet a Newcastle United uh, player, legend, uh, or current player. So great to have those in. Thanks for keeping them uh, coming in. I've got a little backlog now, but if you've met anybody from Newcastle United, past or present, send them in and we'll feature you on the show. Okay, um, Chantel, I know if you're still in the chat, I've gone one hour, 11 minutes and six seconds without mentioning the tickets. Uh, I'm going to have to mention it now. Steve Hasty, uh, we'll come to you. Uh, we'll keep the best to last on this one because I know he's got plenty to say. Uh, look, the season tickets are there. Um, if you've got a smartphone, you had the opportunity to download it. Um, there has been uh, the membership application um, for, for those who are hopeful of potentially getting a ticket this season. Uh, there's been a lot going on. Um, Seller Cup, they keep pushing it. It's not selling as, as well as they probably hoped it would. Um, they're, they're doing everything they can to try and get that across the line. But in a nutshell, Steve, how are you feeling about the whole situation with tickets? I'll, I'll give you the one thing that, I, that I've said on numerous shows, and this is all I'll say on the ticket matter, is ultimately what they should have done this season is, for me, allowed the hard copy of the season ticket to still be available, sent out to everybody, but they should have rolled out the, the you know the downloadable digital ticket and and given you the option um, of getting you know getting it and, and sorting it out at the minute looks like we've got a few issues a few problems a few teething problems they are going about things I think behind the scenes that 
if you read all the stuff, all the, all the stuff on the website, there they're allowing you to go up and test your phone to see if it works. You've got to apply it to go and do that. They're, they're doing a lot more than I thought they would do on this matter. They're not just saying, "Look, just turn up on the, on the, for the Aston Villa game, and it's going to be a right mess." But I guess there's a feeling that some people might, you know, might struggle. There might be an issue. So. Overall, what's your view, Steve, on this ticket and the situation? They would have been stupid not to put stuff out, wouldn't they, Steve? To say we're going to try and help them, we're going to try and alleviate some of the problems. Because can you imagine a five thirty kickoff live on TV, first game of the season, and hundreds, if not thousands, are locked out because they can't get in because of the ticketing system. So they they need to spend the next fortnight making sure that the system works as best it can. Um, they haven't trialed it. You know, and I, I agree that it would have been far, far better if they'd if they'd brought this in um over a period of, of the season. Um I think that would have been the sensible, but instead they've gone for the big bang. I'm always worried. I worked in in, in, in industries where IT changes happened. Um and you're always wary of something that's not phased in. You're always wary of the big bang because basically you're shutting everything else off and you're hoping that the system's gonna operate. Uh, as you've designed it, and let's face it, the worst thing you can do is make a presumption because it's the biggest of muck-ups that you can possibly have to presume that everything will go well. Um, so, yes, the next fortnight is is really that communication in terms of you know trying to alleviate as much of, as possible the worries and concerns that fans will have. Um, but perhaps it would have been easier if they hadn't have done that in the first place. Um I also think, personally, I think some of the some of the reasoning and the rationale behind going for the big bang and going for a, a, a ticketless system to say that it's to do with the environment, um, you know, it's to do with environmental concerns and um, trying to meet targets on 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 environmental issues and um, all of this type of thing. Ah, you know, it's just, it, it doesn't wash with me. Um, you know, how much impact is it going to have on the environment with fifty two thousand? Plastic tickets aren't printed, most of which people like to keep because it's a souvenir. We talked about memorabilia before. I bet we've all still got copies of all our, uh, our past season tickets somewhere in a drawer. I know everybody, you know, we used to collect match tickets. Then we collect our season tickets and with little wallets and um, that type of thing. And now, you you know, that, that era's gone. You don't have that anymore. You don't you don't get tickets for concerts. You don't get tickets for matches. Um it's interesting that they'll still have to have paper tickets for, for away games, I would imagine, because uh, you're not going to have a compatible system. So that that aspect, you know, does does sort of like great with me. I'm, I'm you know, we've had opening conversations with people, people who are saying that, they, you know, they, they, they don't fit into this category, they don't fit in that category. What happens? Yes, they put a great Q&A, great, great answers to, to various scenarios but there will be dozens of other scenarios that will crop up and not everybody's going to be able to get up to St James's Park in the next fortnight to try and resolve issues and to check their phones and you know that I mentioned it the other day you know that with the best will in the world you can have the you can have the finest of of processes in place but when you end up in a situation as was commented on the price of football um podcast a couple of weeks ago about the the young blind fan who traveled traveled all around the, the the world all around the country he was trying to hit all 92 clubs he was an Lincoln City fan and uh, the club where he had one of the worst experiences of 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 being able to watch a game um listen to a game 
and enjoy the game um, as a blind person um, was at St James's Park, um, which I found quite sad in a way. And I thought, what a what a sad indictment on our football club when when people can actually single us out. And he wasn't singling us out as as a as out of spite or anything like that. He explained what had happened to him and how you know he was basically handed the radio after half an hour and said, "If you cannot see the game, listen to that and tune it in yourself while you're on that type." And I'm thinking, "Whoa, what what sort of?" What sort of level of service and customer service? Radio Newcastle, I think it was. Yeah, Radio Newcastle, and like you said, you know, there's a there's a, a big difference between listening to a, a game on a radio and listening to a game on a on a on a radio system that is designed to actually describe what's going on in a game. That's the important bit, you know. Matthew Raceback can commentate on a game for the able able sighted, but when it comes to those that don't have able sight. Um, they need an awful lot more descriptive um, system to be able to keep a watch on the game, keep an eye on what's happening, um, keep abreast of, of you know where on the pitch the game is, where the ball is, and where the players are, and this type of thing. And it's a, it's, it's, it's an art. But getting back to the tickets, I think, I think that that there could have been an awful lot more dialogue. There could have been a lot more explanation beforehand. It just seemed to be like a big, a big hit that this is what we're going to do. They had workshops. Nothing ever came out of those workshops, which I found disappointing. Um, you know, the club didn't report back. They didn't. They apparently explained to some people at the workshop, or the you know some some fan groups have been informed about how it's going to operate, but they haven't. They haven't put that message out. Um, they're now telling us how it's going to happen uh, simultaneously to the club. Yet they've obviously been in discussion for a while. Um, whether the canvassed opinion among the among the members or canvassed opinion among. Their fellow supporters, I'm not too sure. Um, well, it would appear that they hadn't because this is the first we're hearing about it. Now, again, after the horse has bolted, it's like, um, oh, you're all doing very well. Uh, Mr. Slocum down at the bottom, or Mrs. Slocum, she'll, she'll remember the programme well. Um, you know, you've all been doing very well, said young Mr. Grace as he wandered around. Um, that's fine, but, um, you know, Telling, telling people they're doing well and people actually doing well, um, two totally different things. Um, and I think that the, the club the club needs to, to listen to a wider, more broader group of fans. I think there's an awful lot of fans being left behind. I'm, I'm listening to, I, I got word of fans who are in the Platinum Club um, who don't know what's, what's going on there because some of them have got four tickets that, you know, they're only just finding out now, they want to know. I heard of, of one group in the Platinum Club, believe it or not, um, with with four tickets, um, all um, pensioner tickets, all bought at the same time. And have only just discovered after 10, 15 years that um, they're all paying different prices. <laughs> they, all, they were all bought at the same time, but they've all got different concessionary prices linked to their ticket. And none of them are going to complain because the ones who are paying high don't want to complain because they don't want the club to go, oh, yeah, it's the others that should be paying more uh, and vice versa. <laughs> so nobody wants to rock the boat. But you're thinking, what's been going on? What, what What's happening in this football club in, in, in that respect? Um, we've got new owners, but we, we held this conversation midweek, didn't we? Uh, when do we stop calling them the new owners? Um, they're the owners. They're responsible. Um, the the executives at the club are responsible for for running a tight ship, for running a proper ship, and running the football club. And remember that the that the supporters are the bread and butter to them. 
you know, you've got to keep the supporters happy. You've got to do things and you've got to make decisions and some of them will be difficult, but you've also got to make decisions that 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 cover the broad spectrum of fans who follow the football club. All the little foibles, all the little idiosyncrasies that may occur. Um and I, I just feel as though sometimes there are people in the fan base. If you criticize if you criticize anything to do with Newcastle United at the minute, you're on a hiding to nothing. And I'm sure Mitchell uh, expand on that because this is a conversation that we've had. You know, uh, as soon yeah. as you speak up on social media that something's gone wrong, it's like you get hammered with, uh, how dare you say that? Then you, then you, they're just doing their bit, you know, let them bed in. It's been two years nearly. This is the start of the third season. So, you know, things should be getting right um, off the pitch as well as on it. And I know, yes, we all want to be right on the pitch, um, but there's an awful lot that needed to get right off the pitch as well. Yeah, OK. Uh, Australia all out, 295. Uh, 12, 12 lead for Australia. Uh, finally poised that uh, Ashes test. Uh, England, of course, can't win, but a 2-2 in the series will be well-deserved the way that they've played. George, uh, the ticket and scenario. Uh, Mark Ritchie says, I agree, Steve Hasty now to do with paper. They're trying to capitalise on season tickets not being used by selling it back to the club so they can sell it for more money. All to do with financial fair play, not daft. What, what's your views on this ticket situation, George? Well, I don't buy the FFP thing in terms of ticket money, I've got to say. If we're so desperate, we're going to have to bleed with fans. We're in serious trouble. Um, well, it's interesting. My experience, personal experience, has been interesting because, as you know, you lads have known for since last December, um, I, a lot of that time I've been I've been blind. And periods of time when my sight's come back, it's fine. I can try to use my computer but something in the back of my head switches off and my eyes go. And, of course, in that moment, I could be pressing up buttons to do all kinds of things, and I have done. All sorts of funny messages have gone out from here. So when it came to getting this my season tickets renewed, I had to rely on Steve Hastie and John Justice Allen to come to my house and, and do it for us and put it in. Uh, and it's not because I'm a, a duck egg on, on uh, tech, the tech stuff, uh, because I've been using it since the university got its first bloody computer over 60 years ago. Um, so it, it, but it, but that means I know there's a demographic, which is made, I think, demographic, might not have a smartphone, might not want a smartphone. Um, how do they cope? Uh, and all that sort of thing, and all the other things that might not have a computer, can't even download it if, if, if they want to. And that, that's, that seems to me, they're, they're the, the easy things, or, sorry, the simple things that should be aimed out before you start doing all the, all the heavy stuff, the tech stuff. And the easiest way to do it, you lads have hit on it. Let's roll out this season's ticket with the ones that we've got, the cards, and alongside it, you, you can do it on your phone if you want to. And, and if you haven't got the phone, well, we'll think of some way of, of helping you. So that's, that's the bit that bothers me, is that we, we're in danger of... Uh, uh, disenfranchising a, a certain demographic that hasn't got the, the technology to keep up, and that's that would be terribly sad. I mean, uh, you can imagine how I would feel support for 76, 77 years this year. Um, and it, I was to lose my ticket, and, and, and I went in to get just because I couldn't press the right button on the computer. Gosh, I'd be angry, I'd be angry, I really would. Um, so yeah, they, they, they're doing lots of things right. My worry is some of the things that off the peel that they're doing in terms of ticketing and away tickets and uh, consulting and all that uh, sort of thing 
my worry is the consultants being a means to an end. They've consulted to get the answers they want. And that, that's very worrying uh, at that end for supporters. So um, I'm not impressed with that bit. It, it, uh, it does worry me that uh, um, they can now tick the box and say we're consulted uh, and then go off and do what the devil they like. Uh, and that that that's uh, that is worrying in, in some ways, and and doesn't need to be. Um, the system as well. It's a James. As I, I, I've said to you lads before. I, I'm I'm not a computer specialist, but um, I would be disappointed if I couldn't go into the university and find a second year computer student that couldn't produce a ticketing system that would would do everything they want to do. It isn't it isn't rocket science, as they say. Um, so they're the things I would want them to put right. In fairness to them as well, though, they've got to get the staffing right because I suspect there's some uh, actually moles in the place who aren't helping. Um, but it's it's yeah, they need to do start looking at some of the little bits that's wrong. And as I say, danger of getting rid of uh, losing uh, the, the 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 support of uh, people in various demographic graphics like me own. I'm I'm lucky. I've got people I can call on to come and help us and so on. But uh, um, I also can feel for the for the, the lad who, the story Steve told about the blind lad. I mean, I've my experience of sitting it's a James's bark um, with with uh, you know is it with no sight. It's, it, it was difficult. It was difficult. Getting out even more difficult. Worried to death that I was going to pull Steve Wraith, Steve Hasty down the bloody stairs with us. But never mind. That's another issue. So <laughs> no, get, get the little bit right, and then you might have a chance. Uh, but at the moment. Get a little bit right and stop seeing your consultant when what you're doing is actually asking the people that you know will give you the answers you want. And that, that's yep. quite wor worrying for me. Lots of questions coming in. I've stuck the link in for the website because we can't answer the questions. The website, Newcastle United's website, there is a, a you know FAQ you know section, so you can you can find out on there. The club said they'd always keep a number of tickets for general sales. Do you know if that's still the case? Uh, somebody else said, "Will he be just?" Um, no, no, it wasn't a Steve Bruce one. It was. Oh, I must have, I must have lost it. It was about the tickets. Other stuff about the tickets. There was something about memberships. That's it. It was a tweet. Yeah. Current members should have been given the chance to renew. They may miss out altogether now. Imagine that being done to season ticket holders, says uh, Paul Palpatine on Twitter. Loads of people who have got an opinion about this, Mitch. It's um, divisive. It causes problems um, within the fan base. People, people argue. Some people sit back. Yeah. And, and some people sit back and go, well, you know, I'm all right, Jack. Uh, you know, a lot of people expecting that, something from you at the night. Give us, give us what you've that, got. That, that to me is the biggest problem. I'm all right, Jack. And I think it stems from some of that. I think we saw a little bit of that with the Carabao Cup tickets as well. I'm all right, Jack. My mates are all right. I've got to take my mates got tickets. Yeah, that's a great system. Is it really? Is it really being consulted? Do the club know what they want to do and they're just going to do it and they're going to ask the questions to get the answers they want? Um, I'm not convinced by the dialogue as being anything other than lip service. Um, what was the driver behind the pace of change? Why did it all have to be done in this close season? For me, the best way to deal with this would have been to say, by next season, we want to be totally digital. And this is how we plan to do it. And we're going to phase it in over this season. And during the phase in, we will find out all the ways it doesn't work and all the ways it does work. And it would have been easy. There just seems to be an alarming desire 
to get it done this summer. Now, if that is a Premier League requirement, and we've been left behind the eight ball by Ashley's inability to run a club properly, and they're trying to fix that, I think we'll all say, fair enough. Yep. We've dealt with enough of that shit. But I don't believe that that's the case. Um, I look at the, the way they've handled it. I look at things like that you've talked about the Q&A on the website. One of the questions is, what happens if my phone runs out of charge? The answer is, keep your phone charged. That's <laughs> condescending. <laughs> Sorry, like, that's taking a piss. That's not a nice answer. That's not a helpful answer in any way, shape or form. Um, how many lads lose their phones at the weekend when they're pissed? And yes, you can think it's in your wallet and your phone. What are you going to do? How's that going to work out? You haven't just got a not charged phone. You've got a lost phone. Where's that going to go? There are so many scenarios that just may have been touched on somewhere in the planning, but we've not been told about it. And I don't know why. I don't know why the desire to drive it so quickly. Um, that's the bit that irks me the most. Other things within ticketing that hurt me is as a season ticket holder, I feel taken for granted. I feel devalued. I'm not allowed to have a membership. I'm not allowed to be a member. I'm not allowed to buy extra tickets for my friends and my family. When people see that as a good thing, time was being a season ticket holder got you many graces. Now maybe times do move on, and I'm you know I'm not a luddite. I'm really not. I'm quite happy to see digital change. I'm quite happy to go forward. In fact, I did not talk about my experience of coming to, to London for the Caribou Cup final from Dubai. And the only bloody place I needed a physical ticket was to get into Wembley. I got on a plane at Dubai with a virtual ticket in my wallet on my iPhone. I then got off at Stansted Airport and got on the Stansted Express with the digital ticket in the wallet on my iPhone. Went down and met Stu and all the lads and got absolutely hammered and had a, another load of good times that are the memorabilia, the things that I treasure the most and had a great weekend, spoiled by 90 minutes of football. And the only time I actually needed this stupid bloody bit of paper was to get into Wembley. And that actually affected our day because there was a cut up with some of the lads' tickets and we had to get to Wembley early so they could go to the box office and get their tickets. Crazy. Really? Yes, if, the, if there's a digital option there, um, then, you know, it, it should be the case. My other problem at the minute as well is I know of people who contacted the club, contacted people in the club who should be able to give answers to these things, and the reply was, I'll talk to you when I'm back from your little jolly in America, and that's wrong as well. To have everybody across there in the States having a little jolly while you're releasing the tickets, one of the fundamental parts of what makes us tick is having people in those grounds, in that ground, and having that ticket in right, and they've absolutely emptied it out for a little jolly to the States, which, you know what, some of them probably deserve. But the timing sucks, and it makes me look stupid. And when we've got the owner standing saying, we want to be number one, does this scream world-class customer service? No. Great. Um, does it scream 
we actually care. It doesn't even feel like it. We know people who don't have a smartphone. We know people who've then been told, well, the solution for you is you come and get a bit of paper from box office before the game. Chaos. That's crackers. To not have a backup plan, to not have a phased-in way of doing it. I'm not against it at all. Not one little bit. But it's the haste. When, when I say people saying things like, what a fantastic summer we've had, the pace of change off the pitch, we've got safe standing put into place. Did anybody ask for that particularly to be done this season? Is it a Premier League requirement? No. But you've something you've wanted to do to get a certain section of the fan base made happy. Right, we want digital ticketing. Well, who's benefiting from that? Right. We want to have, we want to change how membership and season tickets work. So actually, season ticket holders get devalued a little bit and feel under feel effectively taken for granted. And the membership's going to change. Now we're going to talk about ballots for tickets. We're going to talk about ballots for away tickets and home tickets. And some of the people who are totally against ballots for away tickets are totally for ballots of home tickets. Because depending on your point of view, whether you can have a ticket or not, you're going to jump into the bit that suits you. Because I'm all right, Jack. And that's what it's lending to. We've also got, which I can absolutely categorically tell you, and I'm not going to mention names or anything else, that there are certain groups of supporters who have the ears of people inside the club right now and they are spending time lobbying to look after their own interests. So they don't give a fuck about you. They don't give a fuck about me. They give a fuck about themselves and what them and their little group can get out of whatever's going on, be that away tickets, home tickets, whatever. Um, that's wrong. That's absolutely wrong, and I'll call it out on all levels. Um, and it frustrates us immensely about where does this drive come from? Who is driving it? Who are you listening to? And why are you listening to them over doing a proper consultation? Um, I'm totally not against change. I'm totally not against digital change, for God's sakes. I live in Dubai, and uh, this is self-styles itself as a digital city. Yeah. And there's things I can do with my smartphone here that is just ridiculous. And the amount of things that are now linked to my Emirates ID I can, I can ride the metro by waving the Emirates ID over the metro here and it'll take the money out of your bank account automatically. Yeah. So smart. It's just linked. It works. Bitter? No, I'm not bitter. I'm all for fairness for everybody and respect for everybody. And I think things have been driven here. It just feels far too quick. And there's no time taken to think about what the potential pitfalls are. Um, if I was a betting man still, I would lay money on our opening day kickoff being delayed by 15 minutes. That's how worried I am about this. I hope to hell that I'm wrong. Um, but we've got a number of things that I say is fundamental. Ticketing um, and good God story, and I think we'll probably have a little chat about that in a bit. Because I've got something I can chuck in the mix with that this week. Um, that to me are fundamentals, and they've just been left to drift a little bit. 
And at the same time, when people have got questions, because people are going on holiday, people want to have them to know they've got that season ticket in place and everything for when they come in for the opening day of the season. They're going away on holiday. And the club's a ghost town because of the tournament in the States and everybody's over there. And I think the timing sucks. I think it's been managed very poorly. And I think all of Wood um, deserve better than that. And we certainly do deserve better than having people within the club who are acting the way that Ashley wanted them to act. Um, and that still lingers and hangs around like a bad smell. And I would say to everybody top and bottom in the club, you look at what's happening with ticket and you look at what's happening with merchandise. Is that world-class customer service? And with the best will in the world, it's not. And when our inboxes are filled with questions that we can't answer, because it's, it's just some of the things are in the, those little grey areas, and it may only affect four or five hundred fans. But why should any fan of Newcastle United be hindered because of a piece of change that is beyond their scope? I'm totally comfortable with it all. The only thing I'd like to know is, as an expat, as somebody who doesn't get back to the UK very often, I have a season ticket and I've held that season ticket for a number of years. And I'm now being told I can only share it 10 times. Okay, what happens after that? Are you going to take another office? Are you going to disenfranchise a fan who's paid money into this club blindly, effectively, through faith and loyalty and love of the club? Um, I'm quite sure a chap with a box office will solve that out, or at least I would hope that. And I would hope the only answer I'm not going to get is computer says no. But too many people I speak to at the minute are getting the answer, computer says no. And I know under new ownership, there will always be change. We talked about this on Wednesday night, change management. Change always upsets people, even when it's changed for the better. Don't have a problem with that. Really don't have a problem with that. I think this is an issue, Mitch. This is an issue the Blue Rhythm Boys brought up as well. You know, unlimited membership and a ballot system means some fans have paid £37 and won't get into a game. Some fans fans have paid a £37 lottery ticket that will never win. And how many people have done that? And yeah, and do you know what? Maybe a cute way to get more money in the covers. But it's at the expense of a fan base that, you know, is clamouring for more. It really is so frustrating because we all are loving what is happening with our club at the minute. We're disrupting everything. We're sticking two fingers up to the man. We're getting hold of the Premier League and kicking them in the nuts. And we're doing... Yes... Ian, absolutely right. We're way ahead of schedule. And some of the practices do need to advance far quicker than we're expecting. But is is really digital ticketing the most important thing that we need sorted out like this season, like right now? If it was a Premier League requirement and we were going to be in bother with the Premier League on the basis of that, yes, I'd just say, yeah, get it done. We've got to get it done. Um. But that doesn't seem to be the case. Even if the club would tell me a little poppy, 
in public and said that that was the reason. I think we'd have all sucked it up <laughs> and probably not bothered looking <laughs> because we were just going, oh, yes, it's the Premier League again. <laughs> you know? Um, well, I, we are absolutely in our right to ask questions where that's you. And, like, I think Tom Lynch made the point before, we've, we've had this Stockholm syndrome where criticism of the club means you're anti-owner, and that couldn't be further from the truth. Criticism of the club, in my opinion, means you love it so much, you just want it to be better. And if you, as the club, can take that constructive criticism from your most critical friend, we all get better together. And that's what it's about for me. And that's why I've become so frustrated because I'm getting messages from people I can't help and I don't understand. And and so for me, um, I don't know where this this desire has come from. Um, but at the same time, I've got no doubt if I was at home at the moment, yeah, you take the rubby on me wallet on my phone and I'd be, um, you know, quite comfortable with it. No problem at all. You'd be as happy as Dan. <laughs> yeah. And, and you know what? Um, the other challenge I have at the minute is the feedback I get from so many people who've been in some of these meetings. And I've been in some of these meetings myself, and I mean, I'm in another one on the August the 1st. We've got a, a meeting arranged that should have been done this week, but everybody's in America. Um, so that meeting's been delayed. Um, is the focus seems to be consistently how do we increase our foreign fan base and visitors to the United? And if that's the sole focus of some of this, that's disappointing. Because once again, I say to every season ticket holder, you are now being taken for granted. And that's not right. Great stuff, great points. Um, it's uh, it's sad that it's, you know, it, this is the first major issue that we, we feel that we've got with the club. Um, it's up to them to address it when they get back from uh, America, I guess, um, which, you know, could be too late for some people. Um, I just hope things aren't as bad as we think it could be against Villa. Let's hope, let's hope that they do manage to get things sorted sooner rather than later. The fact you can't print tickets off at home, you've got to have them printed off at the box office is another thing, you know. So they are trying to change so many things at the same time. There isn't likely to be issues. Anyway, we've got 20 minutes, well, just under 20 minutes left. Uh, as always, uh, we have two knuckleheads. Some uh, some decent ones of you, Steve, this week. You <laughs> see, look like even the NUFC matter show. What the hell? God. It's a broom, isn't it? A, 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 a mop, sorry. A hasty look alike. <laughs> I, I do like. I do laugh that some people call you Hastings. I know. Yeah. Oh, that that'll be an autocorrect thing, sure. <laughs> Chippers, uh, so Steve Hasty's managing at the World Cup for Norway. <laughs> Cheers, Chippers. <laughs> And Melbourne says drag queen hasty. That's, <laughs> That's about the cure, isn't it? Who says that, that him? Fucking <laughs> hell. 
Steve Hastie manages the Nigerian women's team, says Chippers. Oh, yeah, really watching the Women's World Cup, Chippers. Um, yeah. It wouldn't be Friday without a couple of dogs. There's one. Oh, Steve. <laughs> Excellent. And there's, and there's another oh. from Jimmy. Oh. Incarcerated behind bars. <laughs> ah, and Jimmy said this as well. Two look like he hasty the bounty hunter. <laughs> oh, Jimmy, man. <laughs> and I didn't think you'd like this one. Oh, hey. <laughs> Definitely not. Okay, uh, Rob Hannaway has got a certain vibe to it. Steve Wraith, this is like uh, lookalikes. <laughs> That's the amigos at the top. Very good. And Stephen Kennedy said, uh, if I didn't know any better, I'd swear that was Stu in the black and Mitch in the green next to Ashley and Bruce. <laughs> oh. uh, Ricky Ponton's done well since he quit cricket. Natural sportsman. Yeah, there's a few oh, people saying that, Albert. Brilliant, that man. Really, really good. Uh, and this one, uh, Big Cook, Little Cook Chef and Ben Jacobs. Poor yeah. Ben. <laughs> Quite obvious, this one from Stephen, Kate Bush, um, and Kate Bush. Yeah, <laughs> oh. me. And Mudrick and Buzz from Home Alone, from Jacob. Wow, yeah. Very good. Couple here, we've had the Harry Kane one before. <laughs> I've got that one. That one was very good. See, not, 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 only, not only you, Steve, that gets compared to dogs. Exactly. And we've had this one before as well. But I don't mind showing it, Alan, because you sent it in. Piers Morgan and the woman from uh, Home Alone, of course. Yeah. <laughs> Stu Penman and George Dawes. Oh, poor Stu. <laughs> and another Baldy, John Joe Shelby and No Ho Hank. Wow. I don't know why this was sent to us. Hot dog and the hot dog. Oh, dear me. Gary Glitter and David Essex from Stephen Kennedy. Um, see where he's coming from. Yeah. Oh, that's not a look like, is it? Oh, yeah. uh, looking like he, um, Ben Jacobs and Eddie Howe. <laughs> it's Ben Jacobs and you. <laughs> Snoop Dogg and a dog. Looking like Snoop Dogg. Snoop <laughs> We've had that one as, as well. Beavers and Butthead and uh, former Manchester United Louis manager, Van Louis Van Hall. I feel old now seeing how these two have grown up. Yeah, that, that is good. It is. Look like Mitch and a marked Veruca. Oh, <laughs> dear <laughs> me. That was after the Veruca lookalike. Uh, Boris and Boris. <laughs> Look where the saddle <laughs> Look at the point on the saddle. Christ all right. Um, Jason and Sc Scott Parker lookalike from Albert. Hey, that is a Scott Parker lookalike, mind. It is. Albert's, huh? Albert's got some good ones today, hasn't he? Wow. And another lookalike, King Cladzi and Alvarez from Wayne. Yes. Yeah, that's good. Mitch and a teapot cover <laughs> from Albert. And uh, Ricky Ponton, uh, Ricky Pollock, sorry, and Brian Hartman. Ricky Ponton, isn't it? Yeah, and Brian Ricky Hartman. Ponton, that's the same guy, isn't it? Aye. It is, yeah. Yep. Lewis Dunk and the Cobra, Carl Froch. Yes. Yeah, yeah, what a fighter he was. And 
Beethoven and Jose Mourinho. <laughs> that one's from uh, Tom. Xavi and Georges Radnitz. Ah. Yeah, I can see that. And Jason Statham and Arian Robin. That's a pretty good one, that. Mm-hmm. Mm, not too sure, that one. I liked it, I liked it. Um, Robbie Savage and Jedward. <laughs> Melly Barnes and Keith. <laughs> well, there's a match made. Absolutely. Sir Rishworth of Sunakshire, as I live and breathe. <laughs> Look, I like you from Alan Partridge's account. Last few. Tonali and uh, Anthony Kiedis from Red yeah. Hot Chili Pepper. Yeah, you see that. Dora the Explorer. And the winner this week, I like that one. James Franco yes. and Fabian Cher. Very good. Very Excellent. good. Excellent. Great lookalikes. Keep them coming in. We'll feature some more next week. Go on, Mitch. No, just a quick one. Just being said something. If you just want to understand how important FFP is and why we're treading on the lily pads, Chelsea have just accepted a 8.6 million fine for an FFP breach about UEFA. Underneath the uh, um, submitting incomplete financial information under Roman Abramovich, and yeah, Juventus have accepted a total ban from Europe for 23-24 on a separate financial case because it suits them. Yes, that's because it suits them. Because if Chal- yes. if, if Juventus aren't playing in Europe next season, it means they don't have Thursday night games, which means they can concentrate on this. The, the, the Italian league and get straight back into the Champions League yep. when they would have had potentially a ban the following season. So basically they brought the ban forward a season and it's no longer impinging them because the legal ramifications would have taken us beyond the start of this season. So they would have been banned the following season. Now they've brought it forward, they've accepted it, but they've played the game. So Juventus are now banned for a season they were going to be banned for anyway. And we'll be straight back in because what they've actually done is they've dropped out of the league the season yes. anyway. They dropped out of the conference. They said they'd rather not play it and rather have that suspension um, brought into this. So they basically yep. suspended from the conference. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. That's, that's yeah. the jiggery pokery that happens, Steve. Makes a farce. Makes a farce. But yep. just a quick one here's the uh, photographs of Jimmy, uh, me, met Kev, oh, um, Kev out of the yeah. game uh, this week. And uh, Mark Bias, thanks for sending that, mate. He's still in the chat. Uh, there he is, his lovely daughter. And Look seeing Jimmy. Yeah, lots, of, <laughs> lots of people over the moon to see Jimmy out there. So uh, fantastic yeah. stuff. Okay, we'll finish off with a football uh, question, lads. And Barry Hogan asked this at the start of the night. He says, um, I know that Stu wants Tierney, but I'm losing, in, uh, I'm losing interest in Libramento. Who, who would you guys like as a left-back? Should we go for Hall or somewhere else? Who would you like to see come in and left-back out of those three? Uh, Steve, or have you got another person who you would suggest? Um, you know what? I, the Livramento seems overpriced. They're now saying forty million, aren't they? Uh, Tierney. It would appear that the whisper was that he was he's either staying or he was going back to to Celtic. I don't think Celtic could afford him. To be perfectly honest, it would have to be. It would have to be a loan deal, I think, for him to go back to Celtic. And I noticed that uh, Arteta was has been mouthing off this afternoon, saying that his squad's too big and he needs to reduce his yep. squad. 
So there's the I think there's too big. Yeah. Be in play there, um, and it could be that Southampton's loss of not selling Livramento for the offer that we'll put in could potentially be Arsenal's gain if Arsenal need to offload players and we'll play acute and we'll get, uh, we'll get Turney on slightly cheaper terms than, than we were originally expecting. Um, you know, there's a young lad down at Bristol, Bristol City, fullback that everybody's raving about, and I would like to yeah. have seen us gone in for him. But you know what? We picked up some some decent-looking fullbacks, and and young Murphy didn't look out of place during the during the week. You know, we've we've made we've made an awful uh, lot of 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 Miley, um, but young Murphy looked looked decent. You know, and it looks like there's potentially a, a footballer in there, and that that shows potentially that we're starting to get things right in the academy. Um, but I think that I I don't think that, and I understand why you're losing interest. Um, and I think that's probably because of, well, they're just constant to and fro within social media, where we're linked with everybody and his dog. And you know as well as I do, Steve. I think, it, I think was it Dougie that was keeping the list for you? It was somewhere up in the Harry. Yeah, it, it was Harry, over two hundred. Yeah, Harry, Harry will have it up uh, for the for yeah, the weekend. It was think, somewhere. Yeah. You were way beyond one hundred and sixty, weren't you? The last over two hundred. Two hundred and two. Two hundred and two. Well, there you go. Uh, how many were fullbacks? Maybe that's a question for the next show. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Mitch, which uh, left back would you like? If, if you were to push his eye, like all the Chelsea, he's the right age, malleable, shapeable, um, hasn't looked out of place when he's played in the Premier League. Um, and I think for me, uh, left fullback, he could provide something very interesting. Um what Southampton are doing with Livramento. If anybody's going to say Livramento, it would be in the in the last moments of this window. Southampton with the players they need to, or they would like to shift out, or they know that they have value in, they want the biggest amount for them possible. And they're not just going to give it up without a fight. They'll take every negotiation as far as they can to get as much out of them as they can, because they need money. They have an owner who effectively wants out, who's pretty much said... He's not going to put any more money in. So player sales is their biggest asset. And they've got some players that are worth something. Um, so maybe we've got to go down to the wire on it. It's not what we want. Um, I think it'd be a fantastic addition to our squad. My understanding is that he's not just seen as a right fullback. He's seen as an option on the right-hand side up front. Yeah. Um, and therefore... Um, like you have to do with anybody who's had a major knee ligament injury. If you look at the stats on how players in impact positions come back from knee ligament injuries across all sports, they usually need a full year of recovery. And most of that's mental. Most of that is feeling that you are able to go into that challenge at 100 mile an hour and that your knee's not going to come out facing the wrong way. I think my dad could probably tell you that. Like, how long does it take for you to trust a knee that's been badly injured to go back into a challenge with and think, well, am I coming out of this with my knee intact? Um, but you look across all sports, the data seems to be you need a full year, absolute full year of recovery before you're 100%. So um, it would be a huge gamble 
for us just to pull our pants down and say they have there's 40 million. Yeah. Nah, we need to negotiate on that and squeeze Southampton until that pips squeak. They need cash. And so um, that's one that could rumble on. Uh, so, but for me, if there was a deal to be done with all, that's the deal I would be working on. Yeah. The other, the other, the aspect, other aspect of Livramento is that there was a twenty-five million pound buyback clause from Chelsea. Now, obviously, Chelsea wanted to buy him back, and the lad said no. But I wonder—we've never had had it heard anything that says there's also a sell-on clause if the if they can't buy him back, which might account for why it's gone suddenly from thirty to forty million. Now, that's yes. just been speculating, but that's the sort of thing that could well happen, you know, because well, all of a sudden Southampton are thinking they're not going to get as much as they thought, so they're pushing no. the boat so that they still end up getting out what they wanted, which could have been 25, and there could have been, you know, there could have been a, 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 a lump for Chelsea as but, well. But that, that shouldn't be our problem to solve. No, no. We're that's their problem. Yep, absolutely. Just a quick one, Mitch, on this on the strip scenario. I haven't got too much longer to go on the show, and I want to get your dad's views on the on the fullback situation. But uh, just just in a nutshell, tell us what you did with regards Sorry. to your order. Oh my gosh! Right, okay. I've done two things in the last week. I made an order from the club shop when the the, the third strip was made available uh, to be delivered out here in Dubai because I've heard so many things about international orders being a problem. And so I made that order the morning of the release of the third strip for a third strip in a polo shirt. Um, I keep checking, checking the tracking number that I've been given. And here we are a week later, and it's still, quote, unquote, in process. So where this is going to go, God only knows. Because whenever I've bought anything from the UK to be shipped by DHL, it's here within three days. It's not rocket science. It's usually straightforward. Why the club shop and why Castoria are taking this time? Is this going to turn out like Simon in San Diego when I eventually get a message saying the order's cancelled, I get a refund, and then I get DHL on the phone saying, where do we deliver these shirts to? Let's see. I'd like that one to be the outcome. But isn't that shocking? And again, comes back to what we've talked about. First-class customer service? Is it good? Um, the other thing I did, because you know I've had contact with guys from noon here, um, the noon Newcastle United store still is not up and running. You can't even get like a junior third strip sock off it. It's empty. When you click on it, it sends you to a sign-up page to say, we'll email you when it's available. Maybe in me and me daft little um, mind, I looked on the noon shop just for Newcastle as a, as a search. Then there, lo and behold, there was a home shirt. Available to purchase, same day delivery. So I purchased it, and a little man on a bike brought it five hours later, and there it was. And it was right, it was proper. It's a good story shirt. It's actually no problems with the quality. Everybody's right, go size up, not a problem. Everything's spot on. But then I looked where it came from. It came from a company called Namshi. Namshi is a company out here that does sort of sportswear, trainers, out of wear. That kind of thing. Um, turns out Nancy was bought by Noon last year. So how does a subsidiary of Noon have shirts available to buy for delivery in Dubai ahead of the official sponsor of the club having no stock at all and not being able to service an order? And again, for me, 
There's that Anchor story. There's that Moon being clever, saying, well, look, we put an order in through various lanes um, and and doesn't matter whether we have it bought through a club shop or through Namshi, we still make the money. That's fine. However, I spoke to, <laughs> to Sid, who was running the NUFC shop, um, a couple of days ago, and he's on holiday in the Maldives, and his holiday's been spoiled by the story <laughs> because they're fucking him around. They're still not answering his emails. They're still not delivering the stock. They're still not in communication about what he can and cannot have. And he has a, a club storefront that's coming soon that you can sign up for and you cannot buy jack shit. And they're one of our main sponsors of the club. And again, I'll come back to this. Is this first-class customer service? And whether it's Castoria's fault or whether it's the club's fault, I don't care. Somebody needs to take ownership of this because it's embarrassing. It's embarrassing, and again, it causes problems. Problems that there just was no... Yes, I am a Chiefs fan. Thanks, Mark. Chiefs. Um, anyway, um, it's... It's an absolute myth because if we could do it through the official noon store, we actually now, as Dubai supporters club, have a discount code. I've actually paid 50 dirham more for my shirt than I should have done. But it's just me being me, being the devil I am, making these orders saying, well, let's see what happens. So my order from the official club shop is somewhere in the ether and the one from Noon, that was delivered by noon, but not serviced by noon, is in my possession, same day, within five hours. Crazy. What a cluster. What a cluster. Absolutely, Absolutely crazy. Okay, George, finishing off with you, mate. Um, I know you've got company, so I've got to... Uh, uh, basically, just want to ask you about the full-back situation, Liverpool, uh, Tierney or Hall. Well, I'm, I'm not going to apologise about my company because it's a, it's a lovely girl called Helen who was a magpie who, who, who have sometimes been at the match with. In fact, she sits not far from us uh, when she used to have a season ticket. So so I'm not apologise for that because I'm delighted to see her. So it uh, couldn't be better. Um, the fullback's easy for me. I, I agree with Neil Hall from Chelsea or the young man from Bristol City. Tell Southampton to get lost because they're trying to uh, uh, get a, over the odds for a player who's... Um, still isn't fully recovered from, from a serious injury, and that, that's got to be risky. And Tierney, well, as soon as I heard in the paper that he was looking to go back to Celtic, that he dropped off my radar altogether, end of, if he doesn't want to come. I mean, look at the difference of Harvey Barnes. That's it. Look at him in America. He's kept himself fit and all, and, he, and his interview, fantastic. He, he knew where he was coming. I'm not going to get there off Tierney by the sound of it, and if that's the case, we would... Why bother? So Hall, Hall of Chelsea, other lad from Bristol City, um, that would be my um, uh, choice. Can I do one more thing, Steve, while I'm busy? Go on. Something for the lads that, that you lads have talked about on here ahead of where I've talked. The ladies' cricket board, the women's cricket board, have asked uh, cricket boot manufacturers for ladies to design a new sole with specifically designed spikes for ladies. What were you lads saying about football boots and that all these knee injuries the girls are getting? Yeah. You know, I, I think that's great. Great. Anyway, sorry. 
Okay, great stuff. Um, just a, a little announcement as well. The Champions League show was a big success, which is great. We are going to be doing that throughout the season as Newcastle progress into the competition. Different people on it each week to talk about the Champions League. Great to have Melly on last night. If you haven't watched it, give it a watch. We're also going to do a one-off uh, NUFC matters quiz um, between some of the regulars on the show. Uh, John, just as Alan has agreed to make us a, to, to get us a trophy, so there will be a trophy handed out. So the way it's going to work is there is uh, going to be an invite goes out. George is the first to record his tomorrow. Um, I'm going to record them all, then I'm going to stick them on the channel. I'm the question. I'm, I'm going to ask the questions. So I, I can't compete uh, in the competition, but it's going to be a good one. Uh, there'll be three rounds. Uh, your first round is a Newcastle United round. Second round is uh, a general knowledge football round, and the third round is the picture board. Okay. So those three, those three uh, rounds, I'll tot up the points and the winner will be announced after all the shows have been put out there. So uh, should be good. Looking forward to recording it with George at 10 o'clock in the morning. Uh, but uh, thanks to everybody in the chat. Thanks for all those great questions. And uh, thanks to all the moderators as well. Over 500 watching continuously for two hours. Uh, never take you for granted. Thank you very Thank much. Thank you, everybody, great, for watching. Some great topics. Thanks to Steve. Thanks to George. Thanks to Mitch. And a big shout out to Keith Patterson, who uh, has had to step down. He's busy um, with their work, etc. So good luck, Keith. And uh, as I said, the door is always open. Have a great weekend, folks. Enjoy the match tonight. Uh, we will be back 10 o'clock in the morning with those with ideas. Until then, good night. God bless. I wish you well. Good evening. Cheers, everyone. We still do seven NUFC Matters show a week for free. But if you want to help support NUFC Matters, then there are a few ways of doing it. Hit the like button on each live broadcast and video. This helps the channel grow. Hit the subscribe button and select the all notifications bell so you don't miss a single show. If you want to help us financially, then you can join the channel using this button with the membership starting at $1.99 a month. Or you can drop us a donation in the chat using a super sticker. We're also looking for sponsors. If you'd like your brand advertised on the flies for the show and featured during the ad break, then email john at nufcmatters.com to arrange today. Uh -huh.